0: Just in case our name Clip Talk wasn't a disclaimer enough, we wanted to let you know that this podcast is intended for a mature audience only. So if you have any little ones in the room, now is the time to maybe put some earmuffs on or escort them out. Welcome to Clit Talk, the pleasure-positive podcast where badass women discuss everything from orgasms to gender harmony to the health benefits of masturbation, the sex that you wish you got, and then some. Okay, Clitorati, we have a very special guest back in the house. She is a well-known TED Talk speaker, a coach, a Reiki master, a Tantra teacher, a mother, a wife, and a former body and food obsessor. Um, she is the leading body image expert at the Journey Malibu and creator of Love Your Body. You heard her on the podcast before, and we were so obsessed we had to bring her back so she could personally coach each and every clit in the room. Please welcome Miss Marla Mervis Hartman. Thank you so much for having me back. Yes, we ha- we absolutely had to. <laughs> um, so I know that we're going to dive in and get each girl is going to get a little. We really wanted to have the opportunity to have some personal coaching with you. We represent a wide variety of shapes and sizes and ages. Um, but your story is really powerful. And I'd love for, to kind of start off with you sharing your own personal story
1: to kind of open things up for us. Well, my my story started early. I was one of those very curvy, kind of sexy little girls, and I got a lot of attention on my body. Uh, Adults saying like, "Oh, you got you know, you're a foxy little thing," and "Oh, I want to look like you when I'm older." And that extra attention that I had on my body, I didn't really understand what to do with it. It's like, why does my body? What does my body have anything to do with me? I'm just running around being a little girl, right? So I, I got this extra attention, and I had this imprint that my body matters. So as I got older, and I had more attention on me because I was, you know, class president. I was the popular girl. Once again, more attention, and then a lot of jealousy. I didn't really know how to. Deal with that. So something kicked in and I started using food. I started separating myself. Like, I'm just being me. I'm just being authentically me, and it's not a safe place to be. So I started using food. I started obsessing about myself literally as a coping mechanism. And then it just skyrocketed. Being, you know, an actor and a dancer, once again, so much emphasis on my body. And then I just used it emotionally. I used it as my coping mechanism for everything, really. And I was a binger, a purger. I, I dabbled in everything. A lot of exercise bulimia and a, a lot of just obsessing and just waiting for myself. I really thought that if I got to a very – that – specific weight, then I was going to be okay. Everything, my life was going to be perfect because the only thing that's wrong is is that my body is not the right size and I'm obsessed with food. If I can just get my food controlled and my body a certain weight, then I'll just be fine. And then once I figured that out and I was that body weight, I was like, oh my gosh, my life sucks. This is the worst moment of my life that I'm finally this weight. And then I just this low weight, right? And then I just went on this journey of recovery for years. And I mentioned it when I was here the last time that it took me a long time to find surrender. But through my journey with Reiki, through my journey with finding pleasure, Tantra, reconnecting, trusting my body, you know, all these moments, my pregnancy was a huge part that turned it around for me. I um, Finally can say, I like my body. I love my body. I trust my body. I have freedom with food. Like these are things that I cannot believe that I can say, and now I'm supporting women
2: to do the same. So that's my story.
0: All right, who wants to go
2: first? Well speaking of support, I'd love to get your coaching. Yes. So I I think it can go together. Recently had a doctor appointment. I, ha- I uh, This is Crystal, and I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. So I have to see an endocrinologist every three months, three or four months to check all my vitals and to check on my weight and to check on my hemoglobin, all this stuff. And I had to switch doctors because of my insurance. And the last three times I've gone to this new doctor, and every time she's weight shamed me. And I'm not, you know, I'm 5'10". Uh, ranging between 150, 190, depending on where life is. And I've been on the higher side of that in the last couple of years. And she's constantly shaming me for my weight. And I'm like, well, that's part of why I'm here is for us to figure this out. And my last doctor visit, she literally was like, oh, well, you must have had some good holidays and you must have just eaten too much. And this is all this is all your own fault. Literally.
1: Oh, I I really like am doing
2: my best to contain myself right now. I filed a grievance with my insurance, which I didn't even know was something possible. Which thing I had no clue that was something you could actually do. And I'm not like overweight overweight. Like, yes, I'd love to be smaller, but you have PCOS. Yeah. I mean, if she knows anything about it, she knows that PCOS, it's challenging to lose weight. And PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome for people that don't know. Right. Uh, sorry, I wanted to put that in. And that then spirals in, and this is like another subject. Maybe it's not the best time to, to approach it, but it, it does spiral into, oh my God, I'm now going to be, the my body's now going to look like all the other older women in my family. They're all big and overweight. So now I'm just on track for that. Okay. Right? So this conversation turns into that conversation. It turns into in. that one. And it's so so it's her, disheartening. Her shaming you is
1: really your own voice of shame.
2: She's oh, just yeah. reflecting
1: your inner voice of shame. First off, just to address her, I'm so glad you're filing a grievance. I think that is really important. And if, you, if you're not aware, and for our listeners, there is a whole philosophy and a whole community called Health at Every Size. And there's literally practitioners, fitness instructors, um, teachers, therapists, doctors, who follow the philosophy of Health at Every Size. So if you're looking for a doctor... Find someone and go under health at every size
2: and find someone that can actually support you. That's perfect. Cause I am looking for a doctor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I am getting away from this person. And I thought this visit, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go in and like really take control of that conversation and not not have her do that anymore. And then she started, she didn't even say hello. That was literally the first thing she said to me was, Wow, you wow. must have really enjoyed your holidays. Oh and I've been like, why am I putting on this weight? There's no reason. I've been working out like crazy. I'm watching what I'm eating. Like, and we have yeah. to realize that these health you know, physicians and these practitioners are
1: also part of society. And yeah. they're also being inundated with everything that we're being inundated is, is like dieting is important. Being thin is important. A certain size, being thin means that you're healthy. And that's not true.
2: Like, we could eat the same thing and look completely different. And that's actually what she wanted me to do. She's like, well, just send me a log of what you're eating. I'm sure you're just not eating right. Like, I'm not sending you anything. (laughs) Exactly. So
1: I just want to hold, like, what I would love to give to you is just, like, just that we, we all here in this room, like, see you, feel you, hear you, and just hold you in the fact that that happened to you. And that's just not okay. It really is not okay. And if it brought up shame and it brought up tears, and if you haven't cried over it yet, I would really recommend you do that. Oh, I it, haven't cried, but
2: I'm talking about it, which is a big thing. You are, for me. that's good. I don't normally do that. So. Yeah.
1: And then just touching on your family, I mean, that is a big piece,
2: right? Well, I'm I think, sure if I'm thinking that, other people think that they Yes. Think they're concerned about becoming their parents. Good coming their parents or looking to.
1: like their parents or, you know, that fear. And we all have our certain fears, right? That, that can coax us into the body, right? You know, like I don't the, the fear of being fat, like was such a huge part of my, what was going on in my head, right? And so the fear of looking like a family member, right? right? It begins to take over and then you're not listening to your body anymore. Right, so you're 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 letting fear, you're letting pain guide you in your relationship with your body. You've already turned it over to your family, right? Like you need to cut the cord and be in your body. If, if you don't want to be their body, if you don't want your body to be their body, then let them go. Stop thinking about it. Like really, be in your body, and you can even be like their body, my body, their body, my body, my food, their food,
2: my food, their food. Because there's times, like, I'll be angry at my mother for me having this body. And that's exactly not cutting it away. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. You got to snip that cord and just
1: be in your body.
3: Hmm.
4: (laughs) Okay. So I'll go next. This is Katie. Um, So as I've talked about in past episodes, I'm pregnant. I'm 16 weeks today. (laughs) and, um, and something that I mean, I've had body image issues in the past as a competitive gymnast, but now i I am more comfortable in my body. And I had an experience a few weeks ago, well, I wasn't interested in having sex my first trimester because I didn't feel I didn't feel good at all. Um when it came to my second trimester, I was like, "When are we gonna like do it? You know, and um <laughs> and my husband was like, really had a lot of hard, had hard time like having sex with me. And um, we had two times where it was um, unsuccessful. And it was really just kind of like, not a good feeling. It was just like, oh, God, are we just going to have sex like six weeks after I give birth? And then, um, and then we, it caused a lot of fights and like tension between us. And, and he said something to me like, That he's just not attracted, like he doesn't find pregnancy attractive and he's also afraid that he's going to hurt something and it's like a mental thing for him. So now I have this recurrent thing where I feel, like I already feel unattractive on a certain level just because my body's changing so much. Um... Like I'm uncomfortable, but now like that I'm not having the intimacy or the um the sexual pleasure connection with my husband. And I know that this is a normal thing for men that they have trouble having like he's been watching pregnancy porn trying to like find that good for I know he's amazing. Like my husband is incredible. So but he's he's and I just um so anyways, that's what I'm dealing with right now, and I think it's probably pretty common for
1: women from what I've read. Yes, because your husband is going through transition as well. And he, and I, I've heard that about men where it's like, wow, here's my, here's my, you know, the woman I'm giving sex with now, she's going to be a mom. So you're literally changing roles and it's like, whoa, and your hormones are changing. Mm-hmm. So you literally are becoming a different person. So it may take a little bit of time for him to acclimate. And I, I mean, that's, that's such a painful place to be in. And I would really recommend you just be with your own pain and turn it around and be in support of him. Right. And I know that's really tricky and can be really challenging, but it's like he's actually going through something. Mm-hmm. Like this is like he's going to be a father. Right. Right. And this is part of it. Like his hormones are changing, right? Right. So just like being with him and like, how can I serve you? serve you but you know what I mean no, like that, there, there's there's something there's that, something deeper that has nothing to do with your body and nothing to do with sex it's just there's something else going on for him right and
4: he said something like that like he just wants something to be about him mm. so um because it really has been all about me because yeah. I was very sick and um and he has been taking excellent care of me That's and good. um So I haven't probably been giving him the attention that
1: I I normally would. So then maybe that's what could happen in the bedroom is that it's about touching him, Mm. you know, and even Mm -hmm. having him, you know, putting a blindfold on him and having him be, you're like, (laughs) I don't (laughs) Don't think that's happening. (laughs) 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 But just doing...
4: (laughs) Lindsay's doing uh, blowjobs in in the
1: air yes yeah right so just turning it on so he doesn't feel this pressure to show up a certain way that you're really turning him on okay I like that yeah I'll do that good
4: Hey, Clitorati! Can you never seem to find enough time for yourself? When you hear the words self-pleasure, are you like, what the fuck does that even mean? We have some exciting news for you. May is International Masturbation Month, and we've decided to do something about the putting everyone and everything before yourself epidemic plaguing our country. Join
0: our entire cast and all your friends for our very first ever 12 Days of Masturbation Challenge, where you will receive daily inspiration from our cast and some of our most fabulous past guests plus tons of other surprise goodies sign up right now at clittalkshow.com and have a radical shift
3: in your self-pleasure i guess coming from a you know my mother's from a different culture which is japan Um, they have their own cultural issues when it comes to weight of course so being thin is an important part of the asian culture as well. Um so when you, you know, when you're younger, you hear your mother or your aunties say, "Oh, you look so slim" or "Oh, you you're gaining a little weight" when you go visit them. That's like the first like unconscious thing, right? And I was pretty thin uh, most of my childhood and then come around 14 when I'm going into the ninth grade and I went to a new school in Denver, Colorado, uh, moving because my dad was military and I'm the new girl. So usually new girl already gets attention, but that was the year my boobs came out. And I found myself getting so much attention from boys walking up and down the hall, I could literally feel my shoulders start to cave in. And then I had a bad posture for a lot of years after that, you know, a couple of years. And my mom would always say, stand up straight, stand up straight. But I I didn't even know why I was doing it. Looking back, of course, I can see that. Um, Another incident is when I started to go to work. And I was my early 20s and I had a boss that was kind of coming on to me doing a little sexual harassment and at one point I got so fed up I started eating like crazy and I think I gained like 30 pounds and I knew what I was doing it was a protective layer don't touch me I'm not attractive to you so I could see what I was doing and then we had like dress down day right back in the day they called it dress down day so on Fridays you wear jeans and he had made a mention to me at one point when I came in like oh getting a little heavy huh and then I got so pissed that I went to Gold's Gym in Venice and got myself a trainer, and I got down to a really nice size, not just a nice size, but like muscular, you know? And I was already planning to go to Hawaii, so I wanted to look good. I had a couple of babies. I gained 50 pounds with both. I lost the weight. Then I didn't wasn't happy in my marriage, so a couple of years before I got divorced, I was heavy. The minute I got out of my marriage, all of a sudden... I wasn't binge eating or, you know, emotionally eating with the chips and watching TV. And I just naturally started walking and I immediately lost like 25 pounds after my marriage. So, you know, now at 50, almost two actually, um, next month, um, I don't really have that many issues with my body. I feel like I'm kind of over it all. There are some things though. That I'm more cognizant of because I am pretty thin right now. Um, and not on purpose. I don't really exercise. Um, I just eat whatever I want to eat too. I don't eat too much, but I'm noticing things like wrinkles or a little bit sagging under the arm. You know, the butterfly wave. So some of those issues I'm starting to say, "Mm, maybe I should exercise and make it, you know, make it a little bit tighter. But to be honest, at this age, I'm, I'm kind of free in the bedroom now. You know, and I I feel basically good about myself. Maybe part of it's I'm patting myself on the back because I'm at an age, you know, where you're supposed to not like your body because you're getting old. And I'm like, ooh, I'm kind of over some of these things that have been on me all these years. So uh, it's really just the wrinkles. (laughs)
1: Butterflies.
3: (laughs) And the butterfly. Well, (laughs) I mean,
1: if you want to find something not to like about yourself, you're going to find it right? So if you're on the lookout for it, you're always going to find it. And I really appreciate you sharing your story the way you did, because I think it's really important for listeners to hear kind of the the life of a woman's story, her weight and how it goes up and down, right? And I didn't hear there was a whole lot of shame around it. I do want to just address just violation, right? Like we're imprinted women as a whole, we're We have this sexual violation imprinted on, even it's just young boys being innocent, right? But there's that feeling of like, don't look at me. Like, it's not safe to be me. Let me put myself like this. Sexual harassment, needing to like gain weight, right? Mm -hmm. We're we're holding this as women. And I think that shows up for a lot of women, Mm -hmm. right? Like sexual harassment, sexual violation, like all of like I I've, I've seen so many of my clients have had something to deal with in that in that re- regard If there
3: was really one thing that I wanted to, you know, hear from you yes about would be I'm sure that while my two daughters were growing up that I may have said things over the years because that's how I was raised. So what would you suggest now that I can do to kind of mend that? I would have a conversation about
1: it. I mean, I'm so body image and younger kids is, is just, I'm so passionate about teaching mamas to like knock it off. Like if you want leverage to get your shit together about your body, then have a child and not want to pass it down. Right. Cause it will be passed down. So it's like stopping the conversation. Do not talk about your body do not talk about it negatively do not be saying things like i can't go to the i can't go swimming because you know i can't put on a bikini because my body doesn't look right but at this point in time it's just to have a really like real conversation even say to them you know i'm thinking about it and how i brought you up and what i was going through with my body and i just want to be really clear that i'm sorry if i put any of of my stuff around my body or the, what I was passed down to me onto you and just give them permission to be authentically them and authentically in their bodies. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Thank you.
1: Yeah.
2: That was some gold right there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so
5: this is Melody and what comes up for me around body shaming the past, probably within the past year, I've gained about 20, 25 pounds little shy of 25 pounds and I'm so very much guilty of body shaming to the point where it's hard sometimes for me, I avoid looking in the mirror because I'm just so unhappy with the weight that I've gained and I, what I do is I continue to eat and I punish myself so i get upset with myself that i've gained this weight and i punish myself by eating when i don't even want to eat or put eating to the point where it's painful so this has been like many years of ever since i was younger i do this this cycle of binge eating and then losing weight and um but i was doing really really well for many years and up until about a year ago i just, start, just started gaining more and more and more. And now I feel like it's the point where I'm fearful of, oh my God, am I going to get any, f- like, I can't even imagine myself getting any fatter than this. That's what I think to myself, right? Um, yeah, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to go out. It's impacted my social life. Um, it's impacted my sexual life. It's impacted my relationship with my friends. Honestly, even with my family because of this internal dialogue that I'm constantly having about not being happy where I am. And that's in an, it trickles and it becomes in all, it, it affects every other area of my life. Right. So it's like, I'm not happy here. Then I'm not going to be happy here. And I'm not happy here. So fuck it. I'm not. Right. So it's like, it's caught, it's really propelled to become this consistent state of unhappiness and shame and
1: disappointment. I have a lot to say about this. So you mentioned this cycle. Right. And that's what often happens. There's like why diets don't work is because it's a cycle. It's the restriction, the willpower, the restricting, dieting, healthy eating, healthy lifestyle. I'm doing it right. Right. And you're just kind of like rigid doing it. Right. And then the willpower and or something emotional comes in. And then what happens, it tips over to the other side. And then there's the binging. And then there's the discomfort with the binging. And then there's the shame and the shame and the shame that like begets shame, begets shame, begets shame. And then finally something happens and we get kicked over into the diet cycle, right? No, what's – I just want to say that like both sides, it's not like the dieting and you had your food okay on this side is any better than where you are right now. Right. Let's not pretend that if you were in a smaller body, then you had something figured out. Right. You are just in this side of it. And what's good about what you are is that you want to change. Right. So you're hitting this low and you're finding these this 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 unhappiness in all these different places. You're going to make some changes. Right? So it may not be back to that same body that you had when you were like, had it all together, but something's going to have to shift here. Right? And what I would say is, uh, I have a lot to say, is you don't have to like your body, but you do need to find a way to love your body. So you don't have to like what it looks like. You don't have to be content with it. You don't have to Look in the mirror and like what you see at all. But what is the next loving action you can do for yourself? Like what would be a loving action you could do with your food, right? What would be the loving action you can do that has nothing to do with your food, right? It's just finding a way to touch your body, bring pleasure into your body. Like do something that is for your body that has nothing to do with your weight, and the shame piece is really like looking at that shame. And I don't, I mean, shame does not, it, it's not like it ever creates something positive, right? It creates you eating more and eating more and eating more. And that's what, you know, it, it's going to do. So when are you going to be done shaming yourself? So it's at some point, it's, it's some point in the cycle that you're at, there's, there's a moment in time you're like, I'm, I'm done. I don't, I, I'm making a choice to stop shaming myself. If you tip over the edge, you're just in it, right? And you're just like, whoa, I'm just like in this shame. There's no way I can get out. But there is a moment where you can and you can shift it. And that's what you have to find. And also, I'm curious, what happened a year ago? What was going on a year, year ago before that, that kind of catapulted you into where you are right now? That's what you want to look at. What I have found in my own journey is, is that I would go along and I would f- be feeling really good about my body and really okay in my body. And then. All of a sudden, it's like something sideswiped me and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so disgusting. I can't even believe it. Oh, my God, my rolls. Like all of a sudden, just so uncomfortable in my body and then like getting out of that cycle. But when I slowed down and became really aware, I could pinpoint, oh, it happened here. It happened when I started thinking that. It happened when I was vulnerable around that. So that then when something would happen and I was like, oh, I'm vulnerable. Oh, I know what happens if I don't take care of this vulnerability. I know what happens if I don't deal with this emotional issue. I'm going to get into the cycle of hating my body and then overeating and binging. So it's really important to look at what actually has created where you are. And that's where you can put your attention on, is actually healing that. When you heal that and you get closer to that part of you, that's where you can love yourself more. That's where you can find so much more love for yourself, compassion for yourself. And then a lot of this is just going to take care of itself if that's where your focus is. I got that. Thank you. Very helpful. I appreciate
5: it.
0: You're welcome. Yeah. So this is Lindsay. For me, I... I've never been one of those girls who could eat whatever she wanted. Uh, the first time I recognized that I gained weight, I was in middle school. So it's been a, and it was, I went away to summer camp where I was eating like I don't normally eat at home. Like they had like candy and ice cream and sugar and I was like, went crazy. Not really thinking of it and I didn't even notice that I had gained weight until I got home and my parents were like, Whoa. Like you gained like 20 pounds this summer and I lost it quickly. Like when I went back to, but it was the first time that I be- became conscious that of like my weight and realized that the next summer I went back to camp, I almost was dieting. I was eating salads and really aware and, and began, began this cycle. Um, so I've never really loved my body as you were saying with melody i've never loved it or appreciated it and now i'm in um, a relationship with an incredible man who's half asian and can eat whatever he wants and is thin and fit and so i find myself actually comparing myself to my boyfriend which is so weird and wanting to be we're almost the same height he's small framed man. He's like 5'9", I'm 5'7", and I'm curvier. And I'm I'm wanting myself to be smaller than him. And fitness is something that's really important to him as well. So there's an element of, and he has never said this, but I'm like, I know if I don't work out and do these things, he's going to be like disappointed in me or something. But he's always said like, I love you the way you are. Like, yes, he does want me to work out and be healthy, but it's not about my size. But for me, I'm like, it is about my size. So I find myself doing these things like eating and exercising, not for myself, but for other people. To like not disappoint other people. And I'm also a performer. It's like, you cannot be big on stage. I've literally had producers tell me I was too fat. And and tell me like, you'll never make it because like, You're a size eight or whatever. And it's like, I don't know what my happy weight is. I can't even figure out what that
1: is because I'm trying to please everybody else. It's great that you even know that. That's a great place to start. Even the fact that you're aware that because what you have all these other voices in your head. So. I would just get really, I would get your journal out mm. and I would sit down and write all the things that you're, you think your partner is saying, all the things that your parents are saying, all the things that the producers are saying. Like really just write it out, flush it all out, get it on paper, get it out of your head so you can see it and then tear it up. And then it's going to – this is going to have to be like an in-the-moment sort of thing for you where like is that my, is that my thought or is that theirs? Do I want to do this do I, or, or do, do I think they want me to do this? And do I think they want – do I think they want me to do it but, or is it actually a good idea? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yes. Like actually exercise is a good idea for you, yeah. but because you're making it a different voice, it's not your own voice, but it's still a good inspiration. So it's not like throwing it all out. So it's getting in touch with yourself. I think the more you get to know yourself and the more you're like, I'm going to make this choice for me. What can I do today that's my choice?
0: Yeah, because it's like when I met my boyfriend, he's so fit and everything. I said, I really want to create the habit of exercise. Will you hold me accountable? And then it like somehow became, oh, he's holding me accountable because it thinks I'm fat. And he's like, <laughs> No, you asked me to do this. Like it's it's how insidious the voice is. I actually create I get how I'm creating these situations to like prove a point that of whatever it is to myself. It's so insidious.
1: Sounds like you like beating yourself up. Yeah, maybe a little. (laughs) Yeah. So, can you stop? Yeah. Can you stop like beating yourself up? Can you notice those thoughts? Can you turn those thoughts around? Can you find a thought that would be more loving? I mean, our thoughts create our emotions and then they create our actions. So, you're already in touch with the thoughts that are in your head. So, if you're in touch with that, you can begin to shift those around.
0: Well, and I just really, I like sorting out what are my thoughts and what's reality. (laughs) Because my boyfriend will grab my stomach and I'm like, why are you doing that? He's like, because I like the way it feels. Yeah. I'm like, no, you're you're calling me fat. He's like, what are you talking about? Right? It's flesh. (laughs) Why are we so afraid of flesh? He's like, like, I just like
1: it. I like the way it feels. Mm -hmm. And I'm like... And I just want to acknowledge one of the, uh, something you just said, like you went to camp, you gained some weight, and then you lost the weight, Mm -hmm. right? Like you had a moment in time, it was fun, you ate the food, then you go back to your life, and then the weight went off. I think what happens is we have these moments in time that are fun, we're on vacation, or we're doing this, or we even have like a hard time, right? Like something actually come up that's emotional, and we use food as a coping mechanism. And then the, then the emotions go away, and we, our weight finds itself back. It's like, tr- once again, like trusting our body. It's when we get hot, hung up on, oh my God, I can't believe I I can't believe I gained weight. It's like, no, it's just what the body's doing. Mm. It will find itself back. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. That was super
0: powerful. <laughs> Thank you so much for um really just giving your your wisdom and your time. I know you made a huge difference for everyone in this room, and I'm sure for a lot of people out there listening right now um, for those listeners what is the best way for them to connect you social media website if they want to work with you
1: how do people find you yes so you can email me at marla at loveyourbody com, and you can find my website loveyourbody com. and just please reach out to me let me know how I can help you and support you it's really as women we need to come together to sub like lift each other up, and that's what I'm here to help people do. Thank you so much. Pussy. 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 Pussy.
3: Pussy. 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 Pussy.
2: Pussy. Pussy.